0: Good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being part of the podcast today. How is your anchor holding? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable Word of God? Uh, That really does change your perspective, doesn't it? Not only on your life, but on all the things that are revolving around you. To be, be able to view life's circumstances and the events that are unfolding historically, Uh, It helps us to be able to put those in perspective from a Bible worldview. It really impacts the way you think. It impacts uh, your own anxiety and everything that goes into just simply existing in this world. Uh, We are dwelling on the Christmas story this time of the year. We're thinking about the reality of our Savior that has been sent to earth. I think sometimes it's a little bit difficult for us as Western American Christians, Western mindset, as opposed to the Oriental, the Middle East. Uh, Most of us, most of you that are listening to this, probably were not raised in the Middle East. You may not have even been raised in uh, Judaism. You may not be intensely familiar with all of the things of the Old Testament. And, you know, I think that does affect our perspective. We live in an individualistic society where even from the pulpit, and rightly so, we are taught that Jesus loves us, that God cares for us very deeply, and that he sent a Savior to redeem us from our sin. And that's what we love to dwell on and think about this time of the year, but I wonder how much our thought processes would be changed or at uh, at, at least modified or maybe deepened and enriched a lot based on a different perspective of the truth of the Word of God. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, let me unpack that just for a moment. Can I, can I take, for example, uh, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus? Uh, her worldview was significantly impacted by what she knew from the Old Testament. Uh, I have a dear seminary professor that I studied under for some years, and he wrote a book entitled Beginning at Moses, and it took its title from that moment when our Lord walked the roads with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, where he took them through the, through Moses and the prophets and so on in order to teach them everything that the Old Testament had to say concerning himself. Why? Because it would change their perspective when they knew all of the fullness that the Old Testament unfolds about who the Messiah would be. Uh, The Jews were living in great anticipation of a Messiah that would come, but yet they had misidentified him because they didn't understand completely the scriptures and all that it had to say about Christ. We know from the very beginning of the fall in the garden that God had been unfolding his plan in the working of salvation for anyone who would believe and have faith in him. And so it's with that mindset that I even look at Mary, uh, as we look at this Christmas time of the year, the Christmas story might be kind of a surprising place to go to explore the question of what your worldview is like. I think certainly hers was different than what a normal American girl's view might be should this happen to her. But it's my conviction that those familiar passages about Mary actually contain great challenges for the way we approach our faith, uh, the way we live our life. Uh, For instance, in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, you go and read that after this podcast. It's Mary's song. It is a song that she spontaneously sings because some, some huge news has just hit her between the eyes. She's got a lot to think about. The Bible says that she actually afterwards pondered all these things, treasured all these things in her heart. Because you think about it, here she is, probably a, not a very old teenager, but she is pregnant by means of the Holy Spirit uh, with a son that Luke 1.35 uh, says is actually the Son of God, the promised one from the very beginning of the, the fallenness of the human race. She gets away for a little while from Nazareth, no doubt because of the strained relationships that were there. She goes to visit her relative Elizabeth in the Judean hills, and as soon as she walks into the house where Elizabeth lives, uh, she, Elizabeth exclaims, Blessed are you among women, in verse 42 of Luke 1. Uh, by the way, I think it's interesting that when Mary walked in, the first person in the Bible that's ever recorded that knew the Son of God that existed within Mary was a fetus, as the world calls him, uh, calls that unborn child, that it was an unborn child that recognized the Son of God very first in the scriptures. But that's for another time. But Elizabeth exclaims to Mary, "'Blessed are you among women!' And Mary's response to that, beginning in verse 46, is is an amazing thing. Let me read just a little bit of it. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Now, listen to these verses verse 51 of Luke 1. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with great things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house." Now, Mary's response really is a reflection of her worldview. It's a reflection of how she saw uh, God's plan in this world, and it's certainly what she had uh, been instructed in. And these were really extraordinary things for her to say. Think about this just for a moment. It's not just that Mary has the emotional and spiritual maturity at such a young age to respond humbly and and really pour her heart out in worship to God. That that's amazing in and of itself. I just I can't imagine what must have gone through her mind. I I I think most women probably would have been really stressed out of their minds, but it's the way that Mary understands the gift of Jesus. Um to us in our American mindset, it doesn't seem very Christmasy, some of the statements. I mean uh, what, like statements like, He's scattered those that are proud, or He's brought down rulers from their thrones. What, what does that have to do with anything with Jesus' birth? And of course, we all know that if you've read the Christmas story in the Scripture, uh, there is a prequel to it. <laughs> Films often <clears throat> have prequels. The prequel to this event in the life of Mary actually is the entire Old Testament Uh, And the end of that song in verse 54, Mary explains it. He has helped his servant Israel. He's remembered to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised. Mary's talking about the history of Israel. For her, Jesus' birth is just a continuation of what God's been doing for generations and this is the latest installment or unfolding of his faithful and merciful behavior towards his people whom he loves. He's a promise-keeping God, and the whole way she understands what God is doing is based on the teaching of the Old Testament. I remember saying phrases from the from uh, the book of Isaiah when I was a child standing up in a Christmas play of the, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He'll reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. The, 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 the words were almost meaningless to me. Why? Because I didn't understand what David or governments had to do with Jesus. All I knew, was taught, was that Jesus was my friend, that he had died for me, and I had a relationship with him. That was all true, and and it's true right now, but it was a very different way of expressing it uh, to Mary's way that she did, and a much more limited one. Well, I'll just close with this. One reason for the difference is, of course, the New Testament. Mary didn't know that Jesus would die. You know that that famous song that sung a lot today, "Mary, did you know?" Um, she did. She knew who he was. She may not have known all the details. She didn't have the benefit of reading the New Testament explanations of what we have today in the New in the Epistles. Uh, we can understand the details of God's salvation plan, but in and in a way that Mary could not. I I would love to have learned more when I was a child to have a worldview like hers that understood that all of what's unfolding right now during Christmas is a, this great sweep of the story of God's chosen people and his faithfulness to them and have an appreciation to that. I'm a Gentile. I'm grafted in. I don't have this rich history in terms of my own people. The coming of Jesus changed the entire history of the world, but it was the continuation actually of a far older story. Uh, When you read the scripture and see beyond yourself, then you, like Mary, uh, will have a truly glorified Lord. Uh, I'm mindful of my own humble estate. I'm mindful of how utterly extraordinary it is that God would step down to earth at all, never mind dying or choosing anyone to be part of his people. I would have... I hopefully stopped just taking Jesus, my friend, for granted and understood who he really was. And you know, a remarkable thing happens when you do that, when you start getting a a, a Bible perspective on this time and how Mary saw what was happening to her. Once you start seeing Christ in the Old Testament, you can't stop The writers of the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, have a whole world view that's shaped by what they knew in the Old Testament. They constantly refer to the history of God's people. Everything that their their whole understanding of God comes from there. And people around Jesus uh, made sense of him, tried to understand who he is by referring back as time went by to what God had always been like and what he had always promised. So When you read your Old Testament, we're getting ready to embark on a brand new year of Bible reading. I want you to maybe take a different perspective and see in all the pages of the Old Testament uh, what was promised ahead of time. uh, The way that people in Jesus' time would have been taught. Uh, Let's point out how the people in the Old Testament were a figure of Christ, illustrating what he's like. David, the king, Boaz, the redeemer, Moses, the rescuer, the prophet of God. And let's understand the concepts of being clean and unclean, holy and profane, work and rest, holiness and redemption. And let's note that they all lead up to Christ and find all their fulfillment so in the old, in the, in Jesus Christ himself, let's read it. Even when it's strange or a little bit difficult to understand and complicated, the best way that you can get a right view of your, yourself and your world and your God is to see all things in the culmination of the living Lord Jesus Christ that came to earth to fulfill the promises of the living God. May the Lord enrich your Bible study, enrich your love for Him as we enter into a brand new year. God bless you.